Good morning, everyone. And I'm so glad that you are here. And if you're visiting with us, welcome. If you're watching online, I want to welcome you. It's a good day to be in God's house, isn't it? Actually, I don't know any bad days to be in God's house. I think they're all good. Um, I have survived. We have a 10-day-old little girl at our house. No, it's a granddaughter, not mine. Yeah. Yeah, and the great thing about it is when she starts to cry, I can give her back. And, and she gets me out of a lot of work because they'll say, hey, will you do that? And I say, I can't. I'm holding the baby. And so it works out really well for me. Hey, I want to talk to you just for a few moments this morning about the filter of your mind. The filter of your mind. I'm going to give you a couple of uh, Words and when you when you hear these, just think about what you what you believe that that can be done. LeBron James dunking the basketball. You dunking the basketball. Okay, a chef. Baking a cake versus you baking a cake. When I love to, to go to bakeries and I see all those pastries and stuff. The, the only thing I like more than looking at them is eating them. But they're really good. But it's amazing all the work that goes into to baking something that looks good and tastes good. And it's the same way with us. You know, every time that we have a thought or a situation comes up in our life, we filter it through a, the filter of possibility or impossibility. I've told this story before, but I love it, so I'm going to tell it again. It's like the guy that was, got off of work late one night and decided to head home early, so he cut across the cemetery and didn't see the hole that they had dug for the next day and fell in. And he tried and tried and tried and tried to get out and couldn't do it. So he decided he would just sit in the corner and wait until the next morning when somebody found him. About an hour later, another gentleman was walking through the cemetery, fell in the same hole. And tried and tried and tried to get out. And the man behind him just watched him. And just about when the second man was about ready to give up, to think that it was an impossibility, the man behind him spoke, and the man heard the voice that says, you can never get out. And he did. <laughs> See, there, are, there are motivations about, about the things that we believe are true or believe that are possible in life. Filters help us and define us, and they help us to understand what's possible and what's impossible, what's good, what's bad, what's true, and what is an error. We filter everything in life through our preconceived ideas that we hold to be true. And it's our filter of life that will determine our emotions our actions, our reactions, everything we think, everything we do, it's based upon the filter that you receive information through. The Bible tells us in Psalm 1, it gives us a great 
filter where the psalmist says, blessed is the man or blessed is the person that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. He says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf will not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. See, the psalmist understood a great concept that the the greatest filter that we can have is the Word of God. He understood that if you meditate upon the Word of God, if you allow it to to creep not only into your mind, but you allow it to, to drop about 18 inches to your heart, something amazing happens. The things that we would consider impossible are now possible. And it's not through us, but it's through the power of God. The children of Israel knew that they could not walk across the Red Sea, but when Moses stretched forth his rod and the sea split, it's because they trusted in a filter that was greater than their own ability. I'm trying to get to a point to help us understand today that Christians and people in general live far below their means on what God can do and will do for the man and the woman that decide that they want to change their filter from what is possible through their own strength and to the filter of what God can do. See, I am limited, and you say, amen, I understand that, I know you. Um, I'm limited on what I can do. I, I, am, I am limited on, on the amount of, of things that I can accomplish on my own. But with God, all things are possible. There was no way in the world that I could, that I could um, forgive my own self, that I could rise to the place that I have eternal life. There was nothing in me that that had that ability to do that. But through Christ, I have eternal life. Through Christ, I know that I will and have conquered death. Not just will, but have. Because Christ lives, I live. Because he rose from the grave, I will rise from the grave. And when that trumpet sounds, there's not a devil in hell that can keep me in the ground. Because I know my Redeemer lives. I know what his word says, that if anybody puts their faith, hope, and trust in him, that he will make them a new creation. And when that trumpet sounds, they will rise into walk in newness of life. And you say, well, that's a, that's a different filter than the filter that we live in in this life. And I would say, yes, yes it is. And how do you come by that filter? It's through faith. Faith. That thing that you know to be true, but you can't see it. It's like, kind of like the wind. I know it's there. And I know it keeps blowing those dumb oak leaves around and every time I uh, rake them up they come back again I know the wind's there and yet I can't see it I know God's there even though I don't see him I see what he does I see what he's accomplished and and I want to talk to you just briefly today about this filter 
In Mark chapter 6, Jesus has just uh, took his disciples and he sent them out two by two. He took the 12 and said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out just in pairs of two. I don't want you to take any extra money. I don't want you to take uh, any extra clothing. I don't want you to take anything but a staff in your hand. And I want you to go to the cities and, and I want you to stay in the first house that lets you in. And so they went out. And they did exactly what the Lord had asked them to do. Can you imagine going out and just and with no extra money, nothing, and you're just going out and, and you're going to depend on people? And they began to preach repentance. And as they began to repent, uh, preach, something amazing happened. The sick were healed. And the miraculous happened. And the disciples came back to Jesus and they said, Man, I look, this is all the things that happened, and Jesus was so excited. And in Mark chapter 6, verse 33, it, it tells us the story that Jesus and the disciples said, You know what? We've been working, we've been working hard. Let's go take a vacation. So they get in a boat, they're going on a cruise. And, and they get in a boat and they take off. And the Bible says, But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. Isn't that amazing? See, that helps me understand that, that even though the disciples and Jesus were going to take some time away, they were chased down because people are still hungry for, for the truth and spiritual needs never take a vacation. The people still needed what Christ had to offer. You know, I, I look at our world today, and, and I look at our culture today, and I know that there are many, and, and they're, and they're, and they're well-intended, but they're trying to cancel everything in our culture because they look back and they say, well, that person was, was wrong in this area of their life, or this one chapter in this person's life was wrong, so therefore they're trying to cancel all of them, and... and and I, I know that they are well intended, but I know that they're absolutely wrong as well. Because if you go back and you begin to cancel people over one issue, everybody but Christ is going to be canceled. Because what we really need to do, instead of quit canceling stuff, we need to look at it face to face in the mirror and say, I understand that our history was not perfect, and I understand that people in our past were not perfect, and I understand that the person that I look at every morning in the, in the mirror is not perfect because we are sinful people. But praise God, what we did in the past we're not doing today, and what we're doing today, by God's grace, we won't be doing tomorrow. So I, I'm, I'm here to say that I, I don't run from the past and I don't, I don't build people up and I don't tear people down. They are what they are and they did what they did. And I look at them and I say, this is where they were. They were children of their times. But as for me and as for my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So here's, here's the people and they ran and, and they said when they noticed Jesus was on the move, you know, you have to be willing to see when Jesus is on the move. If you keep doing the same thing over and over again, Jesus changes. He doesn't change his message. But he'll change where he's at. He's, he'll change how he's working. And it's up to us to make sure that we stay up with him. Let's go on. Verse 34 says, But when 
Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Look at that for a moment. Keep in mind, Jesus is on vacation. He gets off of the boat. It's his first stop on the cruise. And he gets off. And he's met with a large crowd of people. And they're not saying, I hope you have a great vacation. They're looking at Jesus and the disciples saying, we have needs. We want you to help. How would you respond? What would your filter be if that happened to you? You ever, you ever wonder that? We, my wife and I were on on a vacation once and we were stopped at a restaurant and we were just trying to you know you ever have those times in life where you're just trying to recover your own thoughts and your own your own emotions and everything else so we're we're sitting in the restaurant and the, and the waitress comes up and we begin to talk to her and something just hit me and I said how are you and she began to share with us that she had just lost her granddaughter Now, I was on vacation. But we begin to pray in the restaurant. And you can do that, by the way. It's not illegal yet. And, and we began to pray with her and, and, and just ask her, to, you know, that the Lord would bless her and strengthen her. But, you know, those people are around you all the time. In fact, there may be one sitting next to you right now, and you're unaware of it, that we can get so preoccupied in the, in the filter of our own mind and, and what needs to happen and what's going to happen that we fail to realize that, that there are crowds that need Jesus. There are hurting people around us everywhere. And if we begin to open our eyes, as Jesus said, he said he saw a large crowd. That word saw is significant because it means he perceived, he understood, he comprehended. He just didn't look and say, wow, there's a lot of people but he really looked at them he saw them he understood he comprehended why they were there and he knew he had what it took to bless them and the bible says when he really looked when he really looked not just at the crowd but he really looked the bible says he was moved with compassion I don't believe that there's anyone here today or anybody that's watching online that when you really see a need, you will be moved with compassion. It gets you right here. It's something that churns inside. Jesus looked at them and he understood because he said they were like sheep without a shepherd. They had no direction. They were wandering aimlessly they were in harm's way. He understood their condition, saw it, and he started doing what he really needed to do. They were like sheep without a shepherd, so he took up the staff and became a shepherd, and he began to minister to them by teaching them the things of the spiritual life. Isn't that incredible? You know, there are people around you that are like sheep without a shepherd 
And God has given us this great opportunity that if we look, if we begin to see, we will see as Jesus saw and began to minister to them. Let's go on. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. The only word that comes to my mind is, duh. Here's Jesus teaching, and his disciples said, you know, it's uh, getting late, and we're in the desert. I didn't notice that we were in the desert. And he said, this is a remote place, and he said, and, and it's already late. Let's go on. So he said, send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. Look at the disciples' filter. Look at what the disciples said to Jesus. Jesus said just days before, go out two by two, and devils will be cast out, and healings will occur, and the miraculous will happen. And they went out, and it happened just like Jesus said. And now, here they are a few days later. They're out in the desert, and, and, and they're looking at this situation. And they go to Jesus, and they said, there's nothing we can do about it. You might want to send them to go get something to eat. Where was their filter? It was limiting them to the possibilities of what they could do. Not what Christ could do. You know what's wrong with church? Uh-oh, I'm picking on me. We limit ourselves to what we can do. Not what Christ can do. You know why we, we walk around... And sometimes we worry and we fret and we doubt. It's because we're looking at situations through what we can do. We're not looking at it through what Christ can do. Let's go on. Let's go on. So Jesus looks at it and he answers. He, he, and he sees their filter. He understands. And he says, you give them something to eat. Go ahead. Feed them. And they said to him, that would take more than a half a year's wages. And, and, and how are we going to spend that much bread and give them something to eat? They're looking at it and said, man, that would be a half a year's wages. We don't have any place to go get it. There's not, probably not enough bread. We don't have the resources. We don't have the finance. How are we going to feed them? He's challenging them to change their filter of possibility. What situation do you find yourself in today that you are incapable of solving? Could it be that Jesus is challenging your filter? Let's go on. How many loaves do you have? He asked, go and see. And when they found out, they said, we have five and two fish. So, it's always good, it's always good to take an inventory of what God's given you. Jesus just said, how many loaves do you have? He said, how many loaves do you have? And they said, well, we have, two lo we have five loaves, but we have also have two fish. Jesus didn't ask about the fish, he just asked about the loaves. But when they, when they decided to give 
Jesus, everything that, he, that they had, something amazing happened. They, as long as it was in their hands, they had five loaves and two fish. My guess is those fish were probably little fish. Let's go on. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the grass. Now, you know how much faith this would take? How, how many in here today, or how, if you're on watching online, how many of you would like to, if Jesus came up to you and said, you know what, we've got about 5,000 people here, I want you to have them sit down in groups of 50 and groups of 100, and when you have them sit down, this is what I want you to do. Let them know you're getting ready to have a steak dinner. Because if the steak dinner doesn't show up, who are they going to look to? They're going to look to you. And yet, they were challenged, and they were asking the people to do something they knew they did not have the ability to accomplish. You know what that's called? Faith. They understood that Jesus said it, and they were challenged in that filter of understanding and, and ability, and they said, okay, I can't do this, but Christ is doing this, so I am going to step out on faith, and I am going to allow God to be God. Let's go on. So they sat down in groups of 50, uh, hundreds and fifties. Go on, please. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples and distributed to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. Notice that Jesus takes them and he blesses them. I don't care how much you have. I don't care how little you have. If you want God to use it, he needs to bless it. And the only way he is going to bless it, if you say, here it is. As long as it's in your hands, and it's in your power, and it belongs to you, he will never bless it. But when you open up your hands and say, Lord, what is mine is yours. You're the one that gave it to me anyway. And you give him what you have. You give him your talent. You give him your ability. You give him your life. And when you begin to give him your, everything that you have, he will take it and he will bless it and use it for his glory. Let's go on. They all ate and were satisfied. I like that word satisfied. They were full. Nobody went home hungry and nobody went home thinking, you know, that fish was a little salty. It tastes fantastic. I think to the one that liked salmon, it probably tasted like salmon. And the one that likes mahi, mahi, it probably tasted like mahi, mahi. And those that were from the south, it probably tasted like catfish. They were all satisfied. Let's go on. And the disciples picking up 12 baskets of broken fish and bread. Let's go on to the last one, please. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000, plus women and children. 
Here's the amazing thing. When, when the disciples changed their filter, when Jesus challenged them to change their filter from what you could do to what I can do through you, and, and when he began to just take what they had and multiplied it and, and blessed it, they started off with five loaves and two fish. But by the end of the course, did you notice that they had 12 baskets full? Five loaves and two fishes is a, is a decent lunch for one person. But when, when they were finished, everybody was full. And Jesus said, I'm not just going to give you back your lunch. I'm going to give each one of you a lunch and a dinner and breakfast tomorrow. Jesus said, here's a basket for each one of you. Let me ask you today. What is the Lord working in your life? I'm going to ask our praise team to come back and, and those that are going to be baptized, if you'd kind of make your way. I want to ask you today, is there something in your life that you've been working on, you've been struggling with, you've tried to figure it out, and you can't figure it out? You can't just master it. Could it be that God is trying to challenge your filter of possibility? That you're, you've been looking at it through what you could achieve and not what Christ can achieve through you. And you say, well, well, what's the difference? The difference is you trying to use five loaves and two fish to feed 5,000 and giving it to the Lord and allowing him to bless it to feed 5,000. With us, it's impossible, but through Christ, all things are possible. Would you stand with me?